Hi, I'm Spencer Sherman, the Spencer Sherman Podcast. This is all about train your mind for success, especially financial success. That's what we're about. I've been a financial advisor for over 30 years. And what I've discovered is that the secret is in resolving the emotions, resolving the fixed beliefs that are keeping us from being more successful in our lives. And with me today, we have a very special guest, Leon Ford. Leon Ford is an activist, author, mindfulness teacher, speaker. Leon, welcome to the podcast. Spencer, thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be connected. It's a pleasure to call you my friend. And it's a pleasure to be on this podcast with you today. Absolutely. It felt like a miracle when we met and we met with my son, Jeremy, and it was you were so friendly to him. And it was just great for me to see the two of you interact together. And I said, I want to learn more about you. So I'm just so excited to do this. Well, I'm wondering what maybe we should just start like I'm really interested in how you got your mind on track, how you trained your mind, so to speak, towards success, towards wellness after such a horrendous, dramatic episode situation in your life that happened when you were 19, and I think 2012. So if you want to give us a little bit of a sense of maybe the before, tiny bit of what happened, and then the aftermath about how you recovered from that, because I think it's so helpful because all of us suffer setbacks and you suffered like the biggest setback one could possibly suffer. And we're all on the edge of our seats wanting to hear. Absolutely. I will start by saying that my life and my mind was already on track. As a kid, I grew up in a loving household. I have a beautiful family. They're very supportive. I've always been told how amazing I was and how my smile was just lighting up a room. And I had nicknames like Professor because I would always talk to adults and they thought I was like an old man. And they said I, I had an old soul. And I had many different lovely experiences, like traveling to visit my grandfather and going to Disney World and doing a lot of those things. So my mind was free to be creative, to be innovative, and to be adventurous. That lasted even through my teenage years where I worked on music and I would record videos and I taught myself how to engineer music and how to make beats and how to do photography and all these different things. You were headed towards some really good things in your life. Your life was thriving and is what I'm hearing in a lot of ways, even before this dramatic event. Oh, absolutely. But I had traumatic events before getting shot. When I was 10 years old, my best friend who was 13, he was actually shot and killed. And then when I was actually 13 years old, my 10-year-old sister was hit by a truck and she was killed. And the family was devastated. But I was still ambitious and trying to navigate through my teenage years. And that leads up to when I was 19. I was 19 years old, trying to figure out life. I had enrolled to school to get my CDLs to drive trucks because one of my older brothers drove trucks. I was thinking about becoming a carpenter because one of my brothers was a carpenter. I was also boxing and doing music and a whole bunch of other things. So my life could have went in any direction. But one day, Driving from my house to my grandmother's house, I was pulled over by a few Pittsburgh police officers and I provided my driver's license, registration and car insurance. But they said that I was lying and they said that I was 
Lamont Ford and not Leon Ford. So even though they had my identification, they insisted that I was another person. Ultimately, I ended up being shot five times by one of those officers who thought I had a gun. I did not have a weapon or anything, and I ended up paralyzed. So that caused me a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion. And I almost lost that childlike mind that I had, that my family nurtured, that was so important to me. I want to say before we get to that childlike mind, just that you survived that incident is a miracle in itself. Is like It speaks to your resilience that somehow you were able to survive getting shot five times is incredible, Leon, that I think everything you shared about your family and your upbringing must have enabled you to survive that incident. Absolutely. And that's part of where my joy comes from, because unfortunately, there's a lot of people who have been murdered during these police shootings, and I survive. And I don't take that lightly. Even though I use a wheelchair, I'm extremely grateful to be able to live my life the way I do. All right, let's get to this childlike mind, because I think that's a really juicy place for us to explore together. Because I know when we chatted another time, you were able to so clearly articulate the wonders of having a childlike mind, whether you're five years old or 50 years old or 30 or 80, that childlike mind is what creates new business opportunities, is able to see things in positive ways. I mean, there's so many benefits to a childlike mind that I know of, and I want to hear from you. Tell us what you mean when you say this, that you were afraid of losing this childlike mind and how you kept it and how that has helped you really recover, not just recover, but start to begin to thrive after that event. Yeah. So first, let me describe what I mean about a childlike mind. Childlike mind is adventurous. You can tell a child no a thousand times, but if they really, really want to do something, they're going to be persistent and they're going to try their best. They're also going to be fully present. Children are very present in whatever they're doing. If they're playing with Legos, they're giving it a thousand percent. If they're playing with toy trucks or Barbie dolls, they're giving it a thousand percent. Then they're also being creative. And so they're envisioning this truck being a real truck. They're envisioning this doll talking and it's their friend. And so they're visionaries and they can build whatever they want. And they're happy they do it with a level of joy. And they do it with a level of joy, a level of commitment and love. And I think that as adults, life kind of conditions us to lose that joy, to lose that love, to be so serious, to Hold on to your ideas. Children, they want to collaborate. They want to play with other children and they're sharing toys and ideas. And as adults, we're like, I don't want nobody to steal my ideas, right? There's a level of fear in adulthood. And some of it, you know, is justified from like different experiences. And so me being shot was almost an experience that took that away from me. Why? Because I began to have a distrust for white people. I began to have a distrust for police officers. I began to look at the world and think of the world as such a bad place that wanted to harm me. I stopped being creative because my creativity was overtaken by anger and frustration and confusion. And so it was a long process. But one thing that helped me was my son. So I was shot November 11th, 2012, and my son was born January 1st, 2013. 
He was actually born in the same hospital I was recovering. And so if you can imagine, I actually had to get rolled down to the fourth floor from the seventh floor. So I took the elevator and I was able to be in the room and experience my son being born. But as I was going through my rehabilitation over those few years, I would watch my son and his evolution and his creativity grow. And he was so inquisitive and he wanted to play with these toys. And I was reminded of when I was a child and I would do the same things. And I just wanted to get back to that childlike mind and experience the world. This is so beautiful, Leon, that he brought out in you, he sort of triggered in the best of ways, he brought forth, he activated in you this childlike mind that you always had that was robbed, taken from you with this incident. It sounds like he helped you get back to this place where you could get back to that adventurous, persistent, fully present, creative, joyous, loving, collaborative no fear place, which is like, those are like incredible ingredients for a thriving, successful life. I mean, each of those, Leon, they're so dense, each of those words. I mean, the word persistent means that you keep going. You don't let a no get in your way. You keep going for it, fully present. I mean, is that you're really with people. You're really listening to people. These are such powerful terms that you're using and this joy, this love, this collaboration that you spoke to that we as children do so naturally that becomes more stilted as when we're grownups. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's that we take on all this fear. And it sounds like your child, your son helped you let go of the fear and get right back to, maybe you had no choice. You had to actually meet him. You had to go right back to that person that you were, that you sounds like you had to leave. Absolutely. And also I began to read different books and listen to different types of podcasts that fed my mind. And one of my favorite quotes comes from James Allen. He wrote the book As a Man Thinketh. And it reads, a man's mind may be likened to a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild. But whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useless weed seeds will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. So if you let your mind just go without keeping positive people around you, without practicing mindfulness, without being optimistic and hopeful, then it will run wild. You'll let that fear cultivate itself within yourself, within your mind and in your spirit. And then you'll live a life of fear, which is not a good quality of life. And so it's important to pour love into your mind, into your spirit. It's important to remember, who was I as a child? What would my child self, right? What would my five-year-old self or my 10-year-old self want to do in life right now? That's a beautiful question, Leon. Let's go with that for a moment here. So let's say as I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast are experiencing some kind of setback in their life right now. And often it could be a financial setback with their job, their business, maybe with their investments or something has not going well, they can't buy a house. I mean, there's all kinds of challenges people are having financially and in all other ways today. What might be some of the things that you would suggest to this person? I would suggest them to... One, acknowledge their emotions fully. Whatever you're feeling, 
feel it fully. When you suppress what you're feeling, it's going to show up and it's going to seep out of you and you're not going to be able to control it. As much as you think you're controlling it, it might show up in your relationship with your children or your spouse or at your job or any easy way to do that. Cause some people say like, I can't feel, I don't know how to feel it. What does that mean? Feel it fully. Any little tricks you recommend on how to do that? Yeah. You know, you can inquire to yourself. How am I feeling? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I hurt? Do I feel neglected? Do I feel abandoned? And go and figure out, inquire about how am I feeling? Just check your pulse. And then feel it and give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. And then you can move forward. It's kind of like, again, a child. My son fell last week and he hurt his knee and he cried so hard for about three minutes. And then once he let it all out, he began playing again and he forgot even about the knee. Like it was cool. And so we got to let it out completely and then move forward. Then you started saying about asking the younger version of you when you were 10 years old or something, what that person would say or do. Can you say more about that? Yeah. I mean, when we are children, we have these ideas for how we want to live our lives. And we have some things that we love to do. Some people may be in the financial world and they may love to draw. However, because of their workload, they may not have been able to draw for 15 years. What is the last time you drew? What is the last time you just danced? What is the last time you were hiking? When is the last time you dove in a pool and swam? When is the last time you listened to your favorite song? These are some things that you can do that you can get back to balance that work-life balance and to also remind yourself of that inner child that was a dreamer, that was very innovative and problem-solving. Because you were so good at problem solving because you didn't take things so seriously. Yes. You can even directly ask the child. Maybe the child will even whisper to you some wisdom, right? Exactly. I mean, you would be amazed what we can learn from children, especially as we reconnect with our inner child. Wonderful. So tell us anything else that you would share with someone who's having a setback in their life right now, financial or non-financial. You'd say, feel it fully get into your younger child, maybe talk to that younger child, get some advice from that younger child. What else would you recommend? I will actually go back to what I shared during a previous conversation, the wisdom my grandfather gave me. And so I was depressed. I was down and angry. I was in a lot of pain, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. I was questioning God every day. And my grandfather called me And he says, Leon, you're experiencing the worst moment of your life. This is the lowest you would get. He said, however, I just want to let you know that you cannot fall off of the floor. That's a great line. It really stuck with me because if you get on the floor, you can't fall off the floor. And he told me, you got to get up and you have to get yourself up off the floor. And how high you want to climb is up to you. Yes. I love that. That for anyone who's listening who feels like they're hit a low point, it's like you can't get any lower than being on the floor. Absolutely. And also, back to the childlike mind piece, there's a quote by Paulo Coelho. He's one of my favorite authors. He wrote The Alchemist. He says, a child can teach an adult three things. One, to be happy for no reason. 
Two, to always be busy with something. And three, to know how to demand with all his or her might that which he or her desires. Yeah, a lot of us have a hard time asking for what we want in life, right? I love that last one. You have to demand it, not just ask of it. You have to demand because it's yours. Yes. It's yours. You have to make that commitment to yourself as you're on the floor or wherever you are. If you fall on the floor, you have to demand that I'm going to get up, I'm not going to give up, and I'm going to live the life that I deserve. Yeah. So any advice you'd have for someone who's sort of like going for a job interview, very scared, they're not going to get the job. What would you say about that? One, show up, just show up, bring yourself, show up fully because you can't go into this space with fear. You got to let the fear go, all the negative thoughts and the things that you're carrying, just let it go and show up fully. That's my advice. And I have a pledge that I share whenever I speak. And I'll share it with you here today. And it goes, we must give up to go up. We must give up to grow up. We must give up on the way up and give up even more to stay up. I cannot teach what I do not know. I cannot lead where I will not go. I am because we are. We are because I am. I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. And I am destined for greatness because I attract what I am. That is profound. Leon, can you share a little bit about what that means to you? What that's done for you? That quote? That is my pulse. Giving up to go up. I have to give up all this negativity. I have to give up the anger. I have to give up the frustration because life is going to happen. And you talk about the four noble truths. Life is suffering. And then there's the path to suffering. But then it can be well-being. It's like the end of suffering. And then there's a path to the end of suffering. And so I'm on an eightfold path, living my life with just the right way, trying to have positive thoughts, trying to be my brother's keeper and my sister's keeper. I'm trying to lead people in a positive way, right? I cannot lead where I will not go. And I cannot teach what I do not know. So I'm teaching the wisdom that I've learned and that I've acquired through life, whether I've acquired this wisdom directly from my lived experience or indirectly from experiences of friends and relatives and inspirational people that I've came across through readings or teachings. And so that's what pledge means to me. And I say it every day. That's a beautiful pledge. I love it, Leon. Leon, how do you define success for yourself? Wow. I had a moment maybe two weeks ago when I realized I was successful. I talk to my parents every day and my grandparents. And so I was on a call with my grandfather and he was just so proud of me. I talked to my grandma. She was proud. And I talked to my parents. They were proud. And then I talked to my son and my son said, dad, tomorrow I have a project in school where I have to choose a leader and I have to be that leader for the whole day. And I chose you. And he said, I'm going to talk about writing books and I'm going to talk about being positive and spreading love and being a speaker and training police officers and traveling. And it was that moment that I realized that I was successful. And I described success as making a difference, as inspiring people around me to do their best, 
by the ripple effects of that love and that collaboration. So me meeting you, Mela, and I was having a connection and now doing this podcast with you. It's a success because it's in alignment with my values. I have what I call the four Ps and everything that I do to kind of like measure success it has to be in alignment with the four Ps. And the first P is, is it positive? Everything that I do has to be positive. The second P is, is it purposeful? Is this in alignment with my spiritual purpose? The third P, is it productive? What am I producing? And right now we're producing a podcast interview. And the fourth P is profit. What am I gaining in exchange for my time? Those four Ps I use to govern me and to measure success. Wow. That's beautiful. Is that word profit, I assume that's sort of in a larger sense than just money. Yeah, it's much larger than money. It is, what am I gaining in exchange for my time, right? Yes. I didn't make money when I went to Mela, but I met Spencer, and now we're doing a podcast interview. So I gained a friend, and my friend is sharing his platform with me. I have no idea who's going to listen to this or what other friends I'm going to acquire from just being connected to you. So that's a profit. Well, that's beautiful. Well, when I think about who's going to listen to it, I think about, I have compassion for those who don't listen to it. Leon, I hope those are very few people who don't listen to you speaking. This is so beautiful. I'm with Leon Ford. He's this incredible activist, meditation teacher, speak an example of someone who's living this thriving, successful life after one of the most horrific, incredible setbacks anyone could have. Leon, maybe in the final minutes here, you can just share, what do you do today when you come upon a day where you're just, and maybe you go back to the four Ps or that pledge, but I'm wondering what's your go-to when you're just feeling like, oh, do I have to do this? When you're sort of off court, when you wake up one morning and you're not in that vibrant, positive place, what do you do? The first thing that I do is give myself grace. I tell myself it is okay not to be having a good day because people often label me and say, you're always positive and you're always smiling. And for those out there who do have those types of personalities, sometimes we feel like we're not allowed to have an off day. And so first thing I do is say, it's okay. I'm giving myself permission to have an off day. That's very wise. Go ahead. Yeah, the second thing I do is check my pulse. How am I feeling and why am I feeling that way? Sometimes I'm able to identify it, sometimes not. If I'm able to identify it, I'll confront the issue and figure out a resolution. If I'm not able to identify why I am off that day, I'll think about something that's going to make me feel good. I'll turn on some music that inspires me. I'll watch a motivational video. I'll watch a good movie. I may pick up a good book. I may go roll around at the reservoir. I may go sit in nature. I love classic cars and I collect them. So sometimes I'll go to my garage and start up one of my classics and just listen to the engine or drive one of my classics if it's not zero below, 10 below zero in Pittsburgh. I'll just feed my inner child. Sometimes I'll go and I'll play with my son and take him to the park and run around because children, they're really inspirational with how they handle life and how they dream. And so I just dream, connect with positive people, a network of really positive people that I can call to share 
and to release to. And I also go to therapy. So I actually go to therapy. I used to go once a week. Now it's about once every other week. And it's a part of my self-care routine. It's a, I'm going to do that. I'm so glad you mentioned all of this, including the therapy piece, Leanne, because like you said, there's shame, especially for a person who appears happy a lot. There's this expectation that you have to be on all the time. And that's not true for any of us. And I think it's so good for all of us to hear this about you, that despite all of your success, all of the joy that is so clearly radiating from you whenever I've been talking with you like now, or when, and certainly when I've been with you, there's this radiance of joy that you two have to do your own inner work. It's not automatic that you have your setbacks and you do all these practices, including therapy, to keep yourself on your path. There's a fifth P for you, Leon. And so the last thing question I'm going to ask you, Leon, this is so beautiful. I'm loving it, is what's your vision for what's possible for you, This what's possible for human beings? What's your vision? Of what's possible. My vision for what is possible is collaboration that's rooted in love and respect. And why I say collaboration rooted in love and respect is because I don't think we necessarily have to agree on everything. And I think we're kind of moving to a society where if you have a different thought or opinion, you kind of get canceled out. So I like to honor people's thoughts and opinions, but there has to be a sense of honor, like an honor system where we respect each other, where we have compassion for one another, we have understanding, and we can collaborate despite our differences. Love it. Collaboration with respect. I mean, there are so many differences in the world today within each of us. There's parts of me that sometimes feel in conflict with each other, but certainly on this larger scale, there's conflicts within every family and certainly within every country. And certainly in the United States, there is so much room for improvement around collaboration with respect. I mean, I just feel that the transformational potential of collaboration with respect, I can only think would move us in a very forwarding positive direction. Leon Ford, you're amazing. It's been so wonderful, so uplifting, transformative to be with you. How do people reach you if they want to connect with you? How should they reach you? Yes, my email is leon at leonfordspeaks. And you can also reach me on Instagram or Twitter at leonfordspeaks. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Leon. I'm Spencer Sherman. This is the Spencer Sherman Podcast. We're all about training our mind, training our hearts for success. Thank you so much for joining us today, everybody.